Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Well, it's great to see you all. It is really great to see you all. And those online, I can't see you, but it's great that you're there. Thank you. And those of you that came to the 1045 online because the nine o'clock had some kind of a extraterrestrial problem. Uh, yeah, some of Vandenberg was tracking our signal and jammed it up, I guess. So SpaceX, I don't know what it was. Anyway, I'm glad you're here. It's so good to be together. And these guys are just fabulous. I love them. Yeah, thank you. <clears throat> so if you see them around, tell them they got to come back again and again and again. Uh, we're in a series called The Way Forward, and Jesus really is the way forward. Remember, he's telling his disciples in John chapter 14, I'm out of here. But here's what I want you to know before I leave. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Uh, in other words, don't let trouble trouble you. How are you going to do that? He tells them, believe in God, believe in me. It's faith that keeps our hearts from being troubled. That doesn't mean that trouble isn't going to happen, because he says in John 16, in this world, you're going to have very much trouble in the Greek, very much trouble. It's almost like you want to say to Jesus, like we didn't know, very much trouble. But he says, be of good cheer. In other words, let your heart be okay. Be of good cheer. Don't be overwhelmed. I have overcome the world. And so our overcoming is not because we're great or because we're American or because we go to church. Our overcoming is because he's overcome the world. And that's really good news. And then he's going to tell them, just think about these points. Don't be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in me. Then he says, I go to prepare a place for you. Remember, it's not all about this and it's not all about now. There's a place called heaven and I'm reserving a spot for you. We sang it. Isn't it great? You know? I saw Satan fall like lightning, but the thing that really gets me is my name, because of Jesus, is registered in heaven. And when you look on page 47 in the book of heaven, you'll see my name. It says St. Bernard, and it's got my picture right there, you know, with fluffy ears. Anyway, anyway. So then he, then he tells them um, the Holy Spirit's coming, Remember? Don't let your hearts be troubled. Why? Believe in me. Why? Because you're going to heaven. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's going to be your comforter and the one who's going to come alongside you. You're not alone. I like that. And now he's going to tell them, well, you can see it in John 14, verse 12 to 14. I, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing. And do you ever want to stop there and just say, Wow. The Lord's calling me to a place where I will do what he's been doing. Now, what has he been doing? Uh, water and the wine, deaf people hearing, uh, blind people seeing, the dead rising. And somebody might say, look at all of those words. And then, then he goes on to say, what? And they will do even, it's, it's okay to respond. They will do even greater works than these. And it's just like, oh, yeah, come on, Lord. I mean, raising the dead and, and, you know, maybe water and the wine. We could figure that one out, right? Some of you chemists in the room, we might be able to figure that out. But raising the dead, he's not after doing greater works as far as in quality, because that's a pretty high bar. 
but he's talking about in quantity because there's going to be more disciples than just the ones in the room. And everything is possible because I'm going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Now, he's not talking about free cars in your driveway or, or, or a million in your bank account by faith just to appear. Um, you know, go to any of the banks around here and say, I'm, I'm here by faith. I'd like, to withdraw, I'd like to withdraw a million, and the teller's going to say, you have $142 in your account. <gasps> yeah, but the Lord said I could ask for anything. What's it in the context of? If you ask for anything that is a part of my works, remember what Jesus said, I'm doing everything that God the Father is doing. I, I healed on the Sabbath when they asked him, why did he heal on the Sabbath? He said, because that's what my father was doing. They were caught up in religion and tradition, and he was caught up in doing great works, redeeming people, speaking to a Samaritan woman, wrong gender, wrong religion, wrong culture. He's a Jew. She's a Samaritan. But God wanted her to experience the light and then the water of Jesus. I am the the, the living water. So if you're a note taker, you're going to see that there's a lot of notes there and go, there's no way he's going to get done by lunch, but we are going to get done. The first thing is that he's calling us to greater works, greater works. Remember Peter, he preaches a sermon and 3,000 people get saved in one day. I've never had that happen. But it was even greater in, in what Jesus had done, but greater in this sense, that one person empowered by the Holy Spirit models for us that Jesus is all about redemption. It wasn't Peter got 3,000 people to go fishing with him or to start a new company, a LLC, or a 501c3. It was that Jesus got 3,000 people to encounter, excuse me, Peter got 3,000 people to encounter Jesus the Savior. Now, if you ask Jesus this prayer, he'll answer it. What is the prayer? Lord, use me to win my family and friends to Jesus. Because he's all about redemption. His heart is that no one would perish, but everyone would have everlasting life. He didn't come to condemn the world, but that through him the world would be saved. So when you're a part of evangelism, yay, the Holy Spirit wants to empower you. You know, I'm starting a company, and I want everybody to to buy my, my, my facial products or hair care products or weight loss products. And God bless you. If that's what you're doing, good. And you're going to use the money for, for the Lord's ministry. That's really great. But when you tell the Lord, I have a coworker that's far from you, and I'm praying that you give me words to speak to them. I'm, I'm praying that I can live my light my life in such a way that it's light to them and salt to them. I have a daughter or a grandson or a son or a daughter who's far away from you. God, would you please use me and those around them to bring them one step closer to faith? I think all of heaven says we can amen that. God is excited about that. See, all believers, pure and simple, will do the works that Jesus does. And the works I do in my Father's name, John 10, 25, uh, testify about me. So then John 14, 12, again, if I can, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing. It's a sign of your faith that you work for him. I'm going to say this several times. We don't work for him in order to earn his love. We don't work for him in order to earn our salvation. But because he's done so much for us, we say, um, Lord, 
Lord, I want to serve you. You will have everything you need to do the works that Jesus does and even the greater works. In other words, God doesn't call us to something that's impossible for us with him. Together with him, we can do everything he's called us to do. His calling is his enabling. And where God guides, he provides. Those are old phrases, but they're true. When God calls you to serve, when God calls you to love somebody, when God calls you to reach out, when God calls you to pray, and he does all those things for us, he provides us with the strength, the ability. He brings to our remembrance scriptures that we've learned before. And so many people... Not, not, not you, not you online, not our nine o'clock service, but, but so many people have a myriad of reasons of why they can't serve the Lord. I don't have enough time. We all have the same amount of time. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough Bible knowledge. Um, uh, I, I'm really an introvert. I'm, I'm, I'm really shy, so I can't. Um, and we can give all these reasons and excuses. All I know is, and you have to wrestle with it like I am, the Lord says, I want you to serve me. He, he, he says this to us in John 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commands. Well, Lord, we don't understand what you mean. Okay, love is manifested in keeping his commands. Well, Lord, we don't know what your commands are. How about this one? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. We could start there, right? Um, There's 59 one another's in the Bible. 59. Love one another. Pray for one another. Um, Esteem the other higher than yourself. Speak for the benefit of the here. There's 59 of them. I'm just like, oh, Lord, really? That's That's a tall order. But he wants us to keep his command. See, it's a calling to obedience, a calling to obedience. Now, there are three motives for obedience. We can obey because we have to, we can obey because we need to, or we can obey because we want to. Um, If you're a slave, you obey because you have no choice. If you're an employee, any employees in the room? You're an employee, you obey because you need to get paid. Come on. Some of you like your boss simply because you need to, you know? They come into the office or there's a to-do list or whatever it might be, or another memo went out. Oh, Lord, another memo. Or you can obey because something in your heart says, I don't have to, I, I, I get to. See, real servanthood sees sacrifice as privilege. Real servanthood sees sacrifice as privilege. Let, let me Let me... Take it into the story of a husband and a wife, and if you're married, you will get this. So God calls all men, if married men, just, just pay real attention. Ladies, pay double attention so you can remind the men of what I said. Husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. That is a huge command. Now, I know a lot of guys, again, not this church, but a lot of guys in Christianity want to remind their wives, <clears throat> women, submit to your husband, which, by the, way, by the way, guys, never say that to your wife. If God speaks that to her, let God speak yeah. that to her. If the scripture says it, but you don't want to be that guy. Hey, dear, you're supposed to submit. Don't be that guy. Rather be this guy. I'm going to love my wife in such a way she will experience the love and sacrifice of Christ to how I love her. 
Husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. And all the guys just were just, amen, preach, preach. John 5, 19, Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the Son of Man can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. So Jesus is already the example of modeling for us what it looks like to, to obey. He's doing everything God the Father is doing. And now he's asking us to do everything he did. This is not something he did not do. I mean, he goes all the way to the cross. Matter of fact, John 14 is the night before he's arrested in Gethsemane and crucified. And here's what he's telling his followers. I want you to do what I did. Live the way I lived. And if you love me, you will obey my commands. If you, if you really love me. So as you go through your notes, and you can say, I, I finished my notes, obedience proves our salvation. It's four realities of obeying this command. It proves our salvation. 1 John 2.3 says, we know that we've come to know him if we keep his commands. So anybody who really loves the Lord and anyone who believes in Jesus who died and rose again from the dead, and we confess it with our mouth, that's salvation, according to Romans 10, 9, and 10. But the fruit of that will be this. We will love the Lord, and we will keep his commands, all of them. Whether they're, they're written in this book, or whether he whispers them into our soul by the Holy Spirit. We will follow his commands. Now, some people want to rewrite the commands of the Lord, because obedience is not popular. And by the way, by the way, a lot of people are sick and tired of people telling them what to do, and they're just holding it beneath the surface. And if you squeeze them too hard, that anger will come out. I'm tired of this. I don't want to hear that mandate. I don't want to. You know, I was on the freeway the other day, and I, I saw 65, 60, 50, 45. I'm like, quit telling me how to drive. I've been driving a long time. I've been pretty successful at it, too. I just want you to know. I've been ticket-free for many, many, many decades. I feel pretty good about that. Of course, I know most of CHP and the cops. <laughs> so when they pull me over, they said, Pastor B, you're, you're, you're going faster than the angels who are supposed to protect you. <laughs> but I don't want them to tell. Do you ever feel like that? I feel like driving 72 not 55. I feel like driving 65 in a 45, not 45, but we obey that rule. Now, I'm being a little silly. We've had so many rules of things we should and shouldn't do and, and mandates and updates, and it's only going to be three weeks. You never heard that, have you? You know, church, you're going to be online for three weeks because everything's going to be fine the fourth week. And you're going to be online for five months, and then you're going to meet outside, then you're going to meet inside, and then you're going to have all your doors and windows open, which, which we do, and the ventilator's on, and everything's working just fine. Anybody sick and... Don't, don't raise your hand. <laughs> Anybody sick and tired of being told what to do? And here's Jesus saying, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. It's proof of your salvation. Salvation is evidenced by obedience. 
Lord, I love you so much. I want to follow your word. And I don't want to rewrite the scripture. I don't want to live based on my feelings. Nothing more than feelings. Oh, anyway, sorry. That we live based on the truth. And I've said this to you many times over this last year. When somebody asks this question and says, is it true? Usually the question is this, how do you feel about it? So let me just pick one out. Thou shalt not lie. That's truth, right? Thou shalt not lie. We don't like it when people lie to us. That, thou shalt not lie. And then somebody says, well, let's, let's, let's talk about how you feel about that. Well, I feel it might be okay to lie in certain circumstances. Yeah. So let's rewrite it. Thou shalt lie when you feel like it and that you feel it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I see you. It's okay. I acknowledge you. It's okay. Do what you feel, not what is truth. And you know what that will do? That will cause you to live in a place where you disobey the Lord's command. What's the Lord's command? Thou shalt not lie. Yeah, but is it okay to lie if it's Thursday? And <laughs> no, is it okay to lie? Now, if somebody asks you a question like, um, do these jeans make me look fat? The answer should be, you always look fine. Or you can plead the Fifth Amendment, I guess. But how about this? We live in such a way that we obey the Lord. Why? Because obedience transforms our lives. Whoever says, I know him, 1 John 2, 4, but does not do what he commands is a liar. Now, I went to church, so the pastor said, I'm a liar. I didn't say it. I didn't write this. But what he commands is a liar if you don't do what he says, and the truth is not in that person. So some scholars, as I studied this, are so bold as to say this, that if you don't live the truth in your life, then you don't know the truth, who is Jesus, the way and the truth and the life, and truly you're not really saved. Some scholars say that. That's pretty bold. But listen, if Jesus is your Savior and he's transformed you, you're going to live like him. Can you do everything he did? I don't think so. But our attempt is to follow after Jesus in all of our ways, in all of our thinking. Why? Because obedience springs from our love. What did he say? If you love me. Now, can any of you remember a time? Most of you can. Some of you younger ones, maybe not yet where you fell in love. Can you remember the first time ever you saw his face? Anyway, do you remember the first time you fell in love or the time you fell in love for real, like a current spouse? That should be the one you're thinking about now. <laughs> you know? You know what we did when we fell in love? Isn't this true? We, we brush our teeth more. True? <laughs> we make sure we have clean clothes on. We, 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 we stand up a little straighter. Um, if you need to, you lose a few pounds. Come on. Um, there's more spring in your step. You open the door for her, guys, because you love and, and you leave notes and you bring flowers and, you know, you, you find out their favorite song and you, you start leaning in with interest to that person because you want to win them, them, them over. 
I remember the first time um, I actually took my wife on a date. It was more like a drive around the hills of Hollywood, and um, I just got off work, and and uh, I was I, I hardly knew her, but I was falling in love. It was crazy. And I told her, guys, do not do this. This is not how you do it. I told her the first night we were together that I was going to marry her. That's a little overwhelming when you're 19, but that's what I told her. And we got married about a year later, and it's worked out pretty well for me. I don't know about for her, but <laughs> but it changes everything about you. You're different when you fall in love. You, you, you make a phone call, and you don't want to be the one to hang up. You want the other one to be the first one to hang up, right? I'm not hanging up. No, me either. I just want to hear you breathe. <laughs> Come on. Some of you guys look at me like I'm weird. But that's how I was back then. I used to sing to her on the phone, and she would listen to my songs. And Oh, man. Please call me when you get home. I want to know that you're safe. Okay, I'll call you. I'm home, I'm safe. Oh, I'm so glad you're safe. You made the 62-mile drive and you made it home. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Are you tired? No, I'm fine. And just this care for each other. Come on. And you don't eat off their plate. That comes after you're married. <laughs> I have a friend who ate off his wife's plate last night, but I won't tell you his name. Jire. <laughs> I love him and his wife, Claudia. They're so great. Hey, love delights to do God's will because it understands the cost of the sacrifice of that love. How can we not give everything for Jesus? And he's real clear to his disciples. The way forward is you obey me because you love me. Now, I want to make something real, real clear. That if we love God, we will keep his commands and that obedience will in turn evidence our true love to God. And, and, it, and, and it characterizes, number four, obedience characterizes our walk. Now, I need to make this clear. We do not serve the Lord and then go to him and say, Lord, look what I did. Good job, huh? Or do we go to the Lord with our sacrifice or, or we, you know, we, we, we show him our bank statements? Look, Lord, this was my tithe. Do you love me? Do you love me? See, we don't serve God to earn his love. That would be for love. But we come, catch this, from love. The Lord cannot love us any more than he does right now. So when we acknowledge that love and experience that love and know because of the truth of the scripture that we are loved by God, and when we get a fresh glimpse of Jesus on the cross and we know that he died for us, we say, that's love. Greater love has no man than this. He lays down his life for his friends, let alone his enemies. And you laid down your life for me, Jesus. I know you love me. So rather than going to God and saying, here's my stuff that I've done for you, will you love me? Because we've been loved, we don't go to him for love, but we come from a place of love, and we share that love with our friends. We share that love with our family. Husbands, we love our wives like never before. Wives, we love our husbands like never before. Kids, we respect our parents and love them. We love our grandkids like never before. 
grandkids, we love our grandparents like never before, brothers and sisters. We just love each other like never before. And I think the Lord gets a little tired of Christians who say and do things that are unloving when he's called us all, regardless of denomination or name over the door of the church, he calls us all to a place of love and a place of service. They'll know we're Christians by our, by our opinions, by the way we vote, by the way we sing, by our buildings. No, they're going to know by our love. The world's going to know by our love, by our love, by our obedience. 1 John 2, 6, this is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. And you have to grapple with that scripture. I'm going to love people like Jesus loved people. I go to him, and he fills me with his love. Early in the morning, I was praying and asking the Lord what I'm about to ask you. What do I need to do now? What's your command to me? I I know specific commands in scripture, but is there anything I need to be doing that I'm not doing? What would you command me to do, Lord? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. You tell me, Lord, and I'm going to obey you. I I, I love it when someone walks up to me and says, "Um, you know, what do you need? And you respond. I asked somebody recently, um, are you ready to do something? And they said, depends on what you ask. That kind of lets you know a lot. Like, right, if your kid comes to you and says, well, it depends on what you want. They just say, yeah, mom, dad, do you need anything? I love that line. You need anything? Huh? That means they're open. Well, what if we went to God the Father and said, uh, God the Father, um, I'm your son, I'm your daughter. You need anything? Oh, yeah, I've got this situation down the road from you. There's an elderly person that needs help. They've still been locked in their home for 21 months and haven't really come out except to get groceries on a rare occasion with a triple mask on, triple. Or there's somebody on your block that, oh, I wish you would just stand in the gap and pray for them. It's the kid with a loud stereo who drives by with the squealing tires, with the loud exhaust, open exhaust, no catalytic, no muffler. That kid, I'd like you to wave at him. Make sure all your fingers are open. I'd like you (laughs) to wave at him and just start praying for him when you do. Lord, bless that knucklehead. Uh, Remember what Jesus said? He said, the harvest is white, but the laborers are few. Pray for the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers. You know why he said that? Because if you pray long enough, you'll become a laborer. Lord, send somebody to Uncle Joe. He, he needs Jesus. Poor Uncle Joe, most lost person I know, Lord, Uncle Joe. If you pray long enough for Uncle Joe, you're going to go to Uncle Joe. Because God's going to break your heart. Remember the old song? Break my heart with what breaks yours. He's going to break your heart for Uncle Joe, and that's a good day. Some of you work at companies. Some of you, some of you are the boss. And some of you recognize there are people where you work that need Jesus. Well, you know, i got to be careful what I say at work. Yeah, but you can let your light shine. You can let still people see love that you have for them. 
I wonder who God might send you to. Well, this morning, I got a couple of commands from the Lord. And I got to tell you, I got three of them as I was praying. Two of them I don't like. But I don't get to vote. I really don't. I, I, I love Jesus so much that when he speaks, I'm just going to say, okay, Lord. Then I asked the Lord this question. Is there anybody, Lord, I need to go to? And this, these are two questions I'm going to ask you. Is there, is there a command, Lord? that I need to follow? Is there anybody I need to go to? And I don't get visions from God. I mean, I'm not like, I have friends who get visions every hour on the hour, but, but I saw the face of a gentleman, and I'm just gonna be blunt, I don't like him. But his face came to me at 4.32 this morning. Did I tell you I don't like him? But obviously the Lord does. He loves him. And he put his face in front of me. And so this week, I'm going to find a way to, to reach out to him. Did I tell you I don't like him? I don't. But I don't get to debate with God, do I? Could it, could it be that the Lord might want to use me to bring him one step closer to Jesus and change his eternity? And I would get to be a part of that? Wouldn't that be radical? And I could come here and tell you the story. I won't you ever use his name, but I could come and tell you the story. Remember that guy I told you I don't like? He, 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 he came to Christ. Wouldn't that be a great story? That boss, that person. Or maybe the person who's hurt you recently. Maybe they've said stuff or done stuff to you. And God would command you like he commanded us, love your neighbors. Pray for those who persecute you. <laughs> Pray for your enemies. Lord, I don't want to pray for my enemies unless I'm going to pray that the ground open up and swallow them whole. But that's not what God wants us to pray. God wants us to pray for their blessing and their success. And the abundant success would be this, that they would come to know Jesus. So before we pray, I just want to tell you that God wants to use all of you. It's not an apostle thing. It's not a pastor, prophet, evangelist, teacher thing. The body of Christ, the followers of Jesus are commanded to obey the Lord. Loving Jesus isn't a matter of doing excellent things. It's a matter of delighting in an excellent Savior. And our delight and love in him would call us to obey him. It's a matter of being faithful to what he's called you to. Some of you know what your calling is. Go do that. But could it be that the Lord today by his spirit would call you to a command you haven't considered? Could it be he would call you to a person that you haven't considered? Or maybe somebody you've gone to in the past and they've rebelled so much that you said they're off the radar. But could the Lord speak to you? And I'm just going to pray and ask you to bow your heads and speak to him in your own way. Lord, Speak to us your commands. Yes, we have them in scripture, but are there some you would highlight for us right now in this season? Because we want to obey you. Not debate, not make excuse on why we can't do what you're calling us to do, but that we would say, yes, Lord, empower us. Empower us to do what you call us to do. And then, Lord, I would, I would wonder... Just like you showed me a face of a gentleman this morning, 
Could you show us the face or give us the name of someone? Might not even be on our radar right now, but you're wanting us to go to them, to love them, to love them as we love ourselves, to share the good news of Jesus with them, to pray for them, to serve them in such a way that it impacts their life for you. And Lord, I, I would say this, there's some of us in this room and watching online, we've been saved a long time. We don't want to go through emotions. We want to love you in such a way that we live out your commands. Help us to be faithful to what you call us to. Help us to love you so much that we'd follow your lead. Guide us by your spirit. We choose to obey you. And Lord, I would pray this for my friends today, my brothers and my sisters, that we would make room for you, Holy Spirit, to do your work in our families, in our relationships, in our neighborhoods, in and through our church. And not just us, Lord, I pray for every Christian in Santa Barbara County today, every church, regardless of the name over the door, that you would use us for your glory and for your honor, and we will be known as people who obey the commands of Jesus. And Lord, if anyone's here or watching online that hasn't obeyed the best command, the first command, that's to believe in you with all of our heart and to trust you as Lord and Savior, to confess that you died on a cross, that you rose again from the dead. Help us to be saved, Lord, and help us to obey you and to follow you. May they know that we are Christians by our love. And because of our love for you, we obey you at all cost. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.